You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome. This is Herb Carneal of Minnesota Twins Baseball. Welcome to the 94th episode of this amazing show. We're here to talk hey. about the uh, 94 World Series run that the uh, Minnesota Twins are having. Which they failed to have despite having the amazing lineup in the outfield of Dave Winfield, Shane Mack, and Kirby Puckett. Hmm. Maybe it was because they didn't have the leadership of Steve Bernanski. Um, Tom, 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 Tom Bernanski? Base. Tom Bernanski? Tom Bernanski. And, and uh, holding and out Steve right Lombardoza. field. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Lombardoza. And uh, Dan Gladden with his beautiful you know, guys, blonde locks in left field. He, you know, he had a, he had a good Gladden mustache. Dan Gladden was gone by 94. I mean, we're kind of we're kind of yeah, blurring the... Uh, blurring them all up. You, you know who was consistent? Brian Harper behind home plate. One of the best That's hitting true. catchers in Major League no. Baseball. Was Harper Harper wasn't there in eighty seven, was he? It wasn't ninety one. Who was there? No one cares about eighty seven twins. It's only about ninety one. I little bird told me that some people are quite passionate about eighty seven. I stopped paying attention to twins after nineteen ninety, I can tell you that much. If if nothing, going back and watching eighty seven is fun just because when the Cardinals take the field, you get Ozzy doing those backflips now and then. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Dude, Ozzy Smith. The and let's not Oz. forget, Willie McGee was one of the weirdest scrawny-looking little weird, little dudes. He looked like like a little Italian climber. There's something really good about the '91 World Series though, when Kent Herbeck takes Ron Gant off of uh, oh, space, and then he's like, "Oh, it was momentum," and he totally tackled him off the. Oh, oh, that was man. Some... Was that the greatest thing in the world? That, that was so great. Only because it was our team. Otherwise, I would hate Ken Herbert the rest of my life if I was an Atlanta fan. So to all our Atlanta and Georgia uh, area fans, mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry, but that was sorry, a clean, no, clean move. It was a clean move. So, sorry, you guys won the won the division like a million times in a row, but you couldn't really put it together. Now, sorry, sorry we couldn't. It's a bummer. You know, like we could keep this whole baseball talk the whole time, but maybe at some point we can just come up with who the Kent Herbeck of professional cycling is. Oh, he's that. He's Kevin Hulsman's or whatever the guy that used to ride for a Quick Step, and now he's like, um, he's like the Golden <laughs> Palace DS or something like that. He's it's totally Kevin Hulsman. You guys remember Kevin Hulsman? He's a little little pudgy. He was like Tom Boonin's like party boy friend. You know, like maybe gave him a bottle in the first half of the race and then like went back to the car to get stuck up on the coke and like make the uh-huh. calls get the ladies arranged for after the race but sadly <laughs> he will not be there this year because now he's a ds but mm-hmm. this coming weekend we will see turbo tom in action at het volk and kern brussels kern oh, guys two great races to start off the year and we're going to start off the bang because bike racing is finally here Despite the tour Real of bike castles, racing. despite mm-hmm. training camp in the castles of the Mideast. Oh, if there was actually a race called the Tour of Castles, and it was just like a stage in Germany and then a long transfer to Romania, 
and then a stage in Romania, and then a long transfer to Austria, and then it just flew all around Europe. That'd be pretty sweet. You know, I I will say of all the Mideast training camps, the one that I care about the most is um, the Oman training camp. It does seem pretty cool, like there's some climbs. Yeah, it did seem like a good race. Uh, Nibbles taking the win on mm-hmm. some pretty good early season form. There's I a gotta lot say, of... Yeah, across the board, all the fast guys are fast. There's like no little guys winning races this year. Like it's all team lead. Like Valverde won. TJ was near the winning seat. Martin was in the lead of the race. Cancellara's won some races. Like everyone who's won this year, even like piddly little things, has been like. Well, they haven't won anything yet except town line sprints because the real stuff starts this weekend. We've discussed this, and Turbo Tom is back. But KBK is around on Sunday. Um, the most famous winner of KBK all, of all these years mm-hmm. um, is George Hincappy. Indeed, yep, obviously. Yep. Um, and yep. he's got the. I think he's got the. Uh, he's got the record for one win. Yeah, yeah, one consecutive yep. win. Um, you know, it was a pretty good streak that he had. And uh, longtime listeners of the show know. Uh, that uh, the secret thing about the Slow Ride podcast is that he is mentioned in every episode, um, dating all the way back to the very first one. So um, you have to be pretty astute to catch a few of them. They're pretty subtle, but there's always a George Hincapi reference. Put it in the Slow Ride wiki. <laughs> so who do you guys have to take this? So not only... First place, we're not going to run a 16th place competition here. That's for the six monuments of cycling, mm-hmm. but we are going to, um, you know, pay special attention. I will say that 16th place is um, probably going to be a guy like Tom Boonen. I would say Tom Boonen would be a good, solid place for 16th, but I think the win is going to be our boy, former 16th place winner, Edward Boons of Trek Segafredo. I think he's going to come out that's firing because he's still like. He's not Stein DeVolder, who will be like the you know the main guy for Trek or Rast, but he's just good enough that maybe they let uh, Edward Thunes uh, do a little bit of hustle off the front at a uh, Hetvoke. That's a that's a good deep pick. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of I wanted to vote for uh, what's his name who won last year, but I can't remember his name. But I think he's not going to be there. So um, I think. Uh, Seth Benmark is going to come out of hiding and make amends for the fact that last year, every time the race got serious, he got a flat tire. He's going to win. He's going to win Hebbulk. He's going to win Kern. Then he's going to disappear and he's going to reappear at Flanders. Huh. All right. All right. Who do you got, Spencer? It's taking March off, huh? Um, you know, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Uh, I have done zero thinking about uh, who will win these races. Um, but, Trust your gut. But my gut, which I'm going to trust, um, trust has me thinking along the same lines as little guy here with a not exactly a dark horse, like somebody everybody knows, um, but who will come out swinging, wants to make an impression right off the bat. And I think it's going to be because he has a new team, a new attitude, uh, our number one favorite American, Dan Martin, taking either either race. I'm not sure which one, but he's going to take one of them this weekend. <laughs> now, astute listeners will pick up that there is a Dan Martin being an American joke in every episode of the Slow Ride mm-hmm. podcast, and each time it gets the yeah. same reaction out of Little Guy and I. Uh-huh. Which, <laughs> yeah, that gets better. Astute listeners will also know that Dan Martin's probably not riding either of the races this weekend. Probably not. So it's it's a one-two if you're really suit. You know who's a good pick? Same team, same last name, 
first name Tony. That would be. I don't know if he's riding this weekend, but he has said he wants to focus on the classics this year. He's in good form. He just had the lead. Hey, there are. What is cool about these opening uh, Belgian races, KBK and Umloop, is that the uh, they bring out all the good teams, right? So I mean, you get like the bigger wildcard teams like Bora Argon, Direct Energy, and Kofidis. But yes, so you also get Triple C, uh, Polska, or what's mm-hmm. now we'll get, Triple we're C. Gonna see, we're going to see who's uh, going to be on Quick Step next year for uh, Best yep. Place Wanty Rider. Um, yep, we've true. got Fortina Vital Concept. Mm-hmm. We also have Nipo Vina Fantini. Mm-hmm. We have everybody's favorite, Room Pot. Yep. Room They've Pot. got a collection of, of slightly washed up. Uh, riders in the lowlands. And Southeast Venezuela is going to be there with their Pipo Pizzato designed jerseys. And shockingly, Spencer did not pick Pipo Pizzato to take the win despite being on the start list. Yeah, he won't. <laughs> Spencer, what happened? You, you used to just pick Pipo no matter what. It was He's, like a given if I hang on. talk, talk oh, to he, you the week before. He, and he was never even likely to win then. So what's changed? Well, he was likely to win Flanders back in the day, but then that, I think that's not on his radar anymore. He's he's Italian. He likes the sunshine. He wants to win on the Villa Roma, and uh, he he will save it up for Milan San Remo. All right, calling his shot now for the first monument of the cycling season. This is one of the few things uh, he's actually won. Yeah, it's the races on this weekend. <laughs> well, so we have. Um, we have races going on, but uh, I, this past weekend, did the Doc Hollywood, sixth year of the Doc Hollywood, and real quick, guys, I got a double flat on the new moots on one of the Lime Rock sections, and um, as I was changing the flat, um, someone that was kind of hanging out with me uh, um, was kind of off the back after uh, they caught up to me and we were going to ride into the store together. He's like, hey, why don't you get tubeless tires on your uh, bike there, like tubeless road tires. Do you just mm-hmm. give them a little smack? So I'm asking you guys, why don't I get tubeless tires? Uh, I don't have a real good reason because you should probably just get tubulars because it's cooler and tubeless, you might end up, you'll have to use all that crap and you'll have to say, I burped it all the time and that's really annoying. Do you think you burp, you burp them that often? I don't road? know. I only just I only know the, the feeling of finishing a mountain bike race and hearing just like burped it, burped it, I burped it, burped it, burped it, burped it. Everybody just saying burp it. Yeah, it's probably not the case on the road. Spencer, you you don't have tubeless on the road, do you? No, I don't have tubeless on the road. Um, you have on your mountain bike, right? I do. Yeah, I've got on you my mountain bike. I have well, it on my mountain. It works pretty good. I actually uh, I think it makes a lot of sense on the mountain bike. Uh, it might make sense on the road. I've Got no experience with it, though. Um, but for Tim, I would say if you're planning to gravel grind it a lot, if, if you're going for the Gravel Grinder series, if you're thinking about going to Gravel Grinding Nationals, things along mm-hmm. those lines. When uh, is if, that? If that's your trajectory, maybe think about it because uh, tubeless might be uh, your saving grace there. If you're trying to have a road bike and be a roadie and, you know, that's your angle, yeah, just stick with tubes. You'll be fine. Do you um, save weight if you go tubeless? Like, what's the benefit of going yeah. tubeless? Just being able to run tubeless. a little bit lower pressure? I don't know if that's... I don't know. You you will save weight. I've never used them. I guess you could run at lower pressure hypothetically, but you still need pressure to 
maintain that uh, bead, you know. Yeah, you're not really asking the experts here on this one, but, um, you know, I would you say... talk about tubulars? Let's talk about tubulars. I can talk about that. I would say the, the rule of thumb here is you got a, a titanium road bike, so you're already yes. in that master's class. You're and already pushing gravel grinding status. But did your bike have disc brakes or regular caliper brakes? Regular caliper brakes, for then, sure. Then you just should stay away from the tubeless. Technology is not your friend. You're a curmudgeon. That's how you yeah. pigeonhole yourself. Gotcha. Well, thanks for the advice. I like it. I like it. Ah. Reese, Nibali, forming a team Ugh. with Abu Dhabi money? It's not what? Abu Dhabi money, is it? I thought it was a different terrible country. Qatar? I don't know. I thought it was a... Uh... I hope the team doesn't happen because I don't want to have to not root for riders I like because it's already hard to root for anyone like on Astana even if you like the rider like I love Michele Scarponi he goes to just <laughs> Astana and it's painful I see him I have these conflicting emotions I love him I hate him I love him I hate him same with Nibali like I really like Nibali but man do I not like that he's on that team you know you just need to bottle up those emotions and suppress them and just go after like what's cool about cycling like, hey, What's man, that? those Astana like, kits look beautiful. Like, 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 see past the name and just look at the kit and be like, oh. I don't, uh, I guess I'm not a big fan of the Astana kit. It's not <laughs> my favorite kit. It's fine. Do you know that they have a women's team on the women's pro tour that has the same exact kit? Oh, yeah. No, but I'm not surprised. It doesn't have, the, it's not Vino Forever. That's not no. the women's team. It's not the Vino Forever, but, um, you know, professional cycling uh, for women has taken a major step this year with the introduction of the first ever road tour, mm-hmm. and so or UCI Women's World Tour, and so ProWomenCycling.com ran a um, a uh, jersey competition for all of the teams in the World Tour, and they did a uh, you know a vote and whatnot. And some of these kits are pretty bad, but some of them actually are designed pretty well. Um, you know, we've got the classic Cipollini Ale, Cipollini with high vis colors. But one of the a couple of the ones that stuck out to me were were definitely the um the uh what is it, the Bulls Doman of uh Marianne Boss. It's a good kit. It's a good looking kit, even though it has the gradient. And then we've also got the um the Canyon Tram, which was uh now sponsored by uh, Rafa, has a pretty sweet-looking kit. Although, I don't know if it's a little dated. It's kind of a little 1980s style with the uh, like kind of splatter paint-esque look. But um, it's pretty sweet. What do you think, Spencer? Um, yeah, I, there were a lot of good kits on there. Um, there's a, You know what I was impressed with on those lists was just how many teams there were. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, there's, there's you know, eight or ten big women's teams but there was like 20 there was way more than than i'd heard of and uh that was pretty cool to see but uh some of my favorites were the visit dallas uh dna team that looked great the on the drops team looked great and uh my my favorite from years past is the um uh matrix uh team they have had consistently good kits for a couple years now you know, you're you're right. The, yeah. the amount of teams. What's impressive is how many um, pro tour men's teams also have a, a women's counterpart, right? So, like, you do have yeah. um, like instead of the giant um, Alpecian team, you have the Live Plantor team. Mm-hmm. You also have the um, uh, United Healthcare. You have Erika Green Edge. Mm-hmm. You have a, 
Astana, you have Lotto Sudal. So there's definitely some crossover. And I would think Bang for Your Buck, sponsoring a women's team, would probably be some of the best publicity you could get for a um, get for your brand. Um, one team that did stick out for me, Cervelo Bigla, because they have the Finnish national champion kit, which actually is really well designed because it fits seamlessly into the whole um, team design as far as the way that the... Uh, you know, that that team actually stuck out for me too, Tim, and uh, I'm going to tell you it's it's a similar reason. It was because they have the Canadian national champion because yeah. <laughs> I, I have decided that there is no way that any team can ever make a Canadian champion jersey look bad. I have never seen one. They always look fantastic. It's just a good flag, so it becomes a good kit. I don't know what it is. I'm not a big is. fan, man. I'm not a big fan of the Canadian kit. I got you just don't really? like the Canadian flag, or you don't like the Canadian kit in this use? I'm fine with the I, I guess I'm not a, big, a super big fan either, but the Canadian flag's fine. I just don't really like it on a kit. Sorry, sorry to know. our Canadian fan. Uh, little guys turn out to be racist. We didn't know that this was part of the show, but we're going to have to yeah. talk to hate- HR after this. So you can always check out all the kits. We linked them on last week's episode, but prowomencycling.com. Little guy, were there any kits of choice that you uh, liked on the uh, I'm kinda women's? With, I'm kind of with, with with Spencer. Like that, that Dallas DNA one was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do like the Bulls. Um, the Fossa Bordolo kit is weird because it's got red, and that kind of freaks me out because uh, it's like Fossa Bordolo with red, and that's weird. There was one kit I saw on some website, and i got to find it. It's from, like, Argentina. And oh, it's fucking I know what you're talking about. Um, Shimano Ladies Power. Yeah. That's the <laughs> fucking kit. That's so awesome, and I I really want one, and I, I, I found it earlier, and I was like, I'm going to their website, yeah. and I'm going to inquire I, about this kit. I it, had a feeling. It's like pink, pink and blue arms. And pink like uh, shorts area, and then the mid, like the chest and like torso is like white with like all the logos on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then the the uh, bottoms have these like squiggly lines, like some sort of Tetris pink Tetris cubes uh, exploded on them. Amazing! It's basically the lamprey kit. If it's the lamprey kit was run into a Memphis Design Studios uh, like computer program, this is what would get spit out. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> So kind of on this note, you touched on something there, and I want to ask you guys if you've noticed this trend that I think I'm picking up on. Um, Do you guys remember in like the the early 2000s, like when custom clothing companies like Champion Systems and Pactimo and all the cheap places when you could finally get your own kit for your own team and, you know, kind of when that started to really be a big thing and every custom place figured out that they could print all over on the bibs, like do the inside of the thigh and the chamois area as well. And it didn't just have to be solid black and everybody went crazy and it was terrible and it was the worst thing that ever happened. And we went away from it a few years later and now we've gone back to solid black. Is that coming back this year? Oh, it's coming back. It, it, because I think that, you know, it's a whole new generation of small, of people starting new teams Mm -hmm. and I I know exactly what you're talking about, Spencer, because there was a team in Chicago when I was racing there, like, lot polish airlines mm-hmm. and say an all-white kit and then on the inner part of their shorts or bib shorts which normally would be black they just put a bunch of little airplanes <laughs> and yeah. it was like so weird you're just like what well, you know even even the even the the shimano ladies power it's it's black they're going black on that part too so i, think, it's a, I kinda, think that's a good call it's it is a good call because 
let's be honest, no matter who you are, that you're going to like rub the inside of your leg against your, your seats or your whatever. It's just going to look bad if it's any color yeah. but black. But I'm thinking more and or more brown, pro teams it's are doing that all over print in there. No, it's true. Well, it's add, you know, I guess if you're pro, though, I think as an amateur, it makes no sense, right? To right. have that inside area not black. As a pro, whatever, who cares, right? It's ad space in a weird way. Yeah. I don't know how the cameras zoom in on people's, like, the inner legs. But, you know, as you, on, you're pedaling in certain ways, you get that quick shot, and it says, like, Super Rookie's Appliance Mart. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. The inside of Cancelera's legs says Super Rookie's Appliance Mart. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> I mean, I would. Yeah. So would. let us know what you Google think of right some now. of the women's team kits out there. The women's kits, I mean, I, I'm super stoked just for a women's road tour that um, hopefully brings back the glory of the old World Cup, but a little bit more um, publicity. Um, and then eventually, maybe it leads to a actual uh, women's tour to France, which would give uh, women's teams the publicity that they deserve and hopefully an increase mm-hmm. of salaries for women because – Without a doubt, women cyclists are getting screwed across the um, across the board when it comes to payout. Also, just distance of racing. They're paying $30, the same entry fee as someone else, but they're getting to race maybe half as much. Um, definitely some discrepancies there. Mm-hmm. That actually uh, was part of the topic that was, was up on Twitter the other day, and Adam Meyerson had a... Uh, Kind of a tweet that uh, stoked some conversation on Twitter. And Spencer, do you want to uh, introduce that to our listeners? Yeah, if you don't follow him on the internet already, uh, you should. But um, he makes some some good uh, observations. But he uh, he recently retired from pro cycling. Uh, was a, a crit racer in uh, in the U.S. for our our Canadian and our uh, U.K. listener uh, who may not be familiar. But um, he recently retired and uh, can kind of pick and choose what races he wants to do now. And has decided uh, maybe he floated this idea. Maybe he's gonna choose to do what races he would do based on the women's offerings that race offers. Like if he wouldn't do the race, if he was a pro woman, then he's not going to do that race as a, in the pro men's field. Um, so that was uh, it was interesting. So he's looking at to see what would make the most sense, right? So he's saying. Hey, you know that payout isn't good enough. That's not really worth my time, so I'm not going to go. So exactly, therefore, yeah. he's going to put th- he's going to put the same lens on it he would as a pro man. Like you know, he would go somewhere to you know make his living. Um, and if you can't do that as a pro woman, you know, then why would you support that race? So you know, so and what- do three races this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. What's crazy is if you watch um, New England cyclocross from afar, it seems that there's like women's field there's a really strong like community behind like forward thinking but mm-hmm. it seems like there's still some promoters that are stuck in the stone ages that are like well we're only gonna put ten dollars per rider into the prize purse up to 250 bucks meanwhile like the same men's field guaranteed even if only 10 people show up would be like 500 dollars yeah, ridiculous twelve hundred dollars twelve hundred sorry yeah um yeah there's there's a little little bit of that like some there's some events that have been around so long that that was okay back then and they just have not pulled their head out of the sand to figure out where they are these days and uh it's changing um slowly but surely they're getting shamed into it uh, one at a time and that's part of uh, adam's plan it looks like sounds good i uh i hope he gets to do 
more than a handful of races, and that would be a positive, you think positive way to just, measure the season. You think Myerson's just doing this as like to build in the excuse for not racing anymore? Like oh, he knows that it's only going to be three, and he's like, oh man, now oh, I can make yeah. a statement, and I'm That's only nice. going to do three races. That's some serious retirement. I would uh, think so. Planning. But he's still riding his bike. Like I expected him to be eating cake and drinking beers and getting fat. And like the next time we see him, he looks like Greg Lamont. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but he's still riding his bike, and he's you know he's like, oh, I only got in four hours today. And I'm like, God damn it. So yeah, he's, he's going to be out there. I think your main thing was like you were really hoping that he would he would just spend way of the time home with the kid. Yeah, and at work, and you'd be getting the community miles, and maybe you go out on the weekends, and maybe you'd start maybe giving him a little a little. Little trouble well, in the you know, sprints. I I spent a year living there under his roof, like trying to show him the ways of the lazy amateur cyclist, and th- I thought some of that off. would rub off. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it didn't work. He seemed to have forgotten all the lessons that I've taught him. Uh, uh, like if you need to blow off right? the ride, just blow it off. It's fine. You don't got to do it. Yeah, it doesn't it, matter. It might rain three hours from now. That's might as well stay home and watch TV. You know, it's and since it's winter for you guys up there, you're probably not riding that much. But I know the weather is coming around, so you guys getting all amped. And you up in Minnesota too, little guy. You guys getting all ready for uh, your big group rides coming up, like the big, uh, uh, the big forty yeah. person group ride out to Afton. <laughs> uh, Spencer, you about to go yeah. tour Walden Pond? You're like, yeah, hey, I'm go forty person miles. group ride. Have we yep. ever done a forty person group ride to Afton? I think maybe we had like six people one time. We well, as our team, yeah, but well, we did a I few of those. Time, uh, we did a few of those Birchwood group rides out there, little guy. That were pretty yeah, big. Yeah, they were pretty big. And you know what? I actually rode my bike this last weekend for the first time this year. I did by, two road rides by yourself or crazy. with a group. By myself. Okay. I'm not, See, I'm no, we don't care about that thing anymore. I did That's a ride this weekend people. as well, and I okay. went with a group. I did two big group rides this weekend. And I gotta tell you, it was my first group ride of the year, and I gotta say, I think it was most people's first group ride of the year, because there were some sketchy first group ride moves going on, and I... You guys have a lot of potholes to contend with up there, too. We do. frost heaves. We do, but you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you one of my pet peeves about group rides, and I love it that people point out potholes. It's fantastic. But... I only want you to point out things that if I hit them, I'm going to fall into them, break my wheel, flat my tire, crash my face off. Like, I don't need to see every little crack in the road or every little everything. Like, and so you're yeah. saying there's like, there was an overabundance of pointing? Like it was there's exuberant, pointing? exuberant pointing at any little thing that was coming up. Uh, yeah. And you know, like. So what is the rule I, that should be said here? Like, we'll see, I mean. If your, I, your disclaimers were a little bit too too many. Like yeah. it's got to be something snappy. Well, if I see a hand, a finger point from the person in front of me down towards the ground, I like I'm moving out of the way. I'm figuring I'm going to hit something. Like you know what I mean? Mm. And if it's just like a, a manhole cover that's there, like whatever, I can ride over that. It's not not a big deal. Um, but you know, they think you're probably like fiddling with your power meter. I mean, that's that's where we're at now. Is everyone's like. You have to just assume everybody. You got to point at everything because someone's probably like they're probably tweeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're checking your Instagram. Uh, you might be checking in on that block on Foursquare. You know, <laughs> like, I'm just it's... looking to see where the next Strava section starts. <laughs> yeah, right. You got to know when to attack. 
I hear you, Spencer. I totally agree. So I think we need to create like an we need to create a um, what is that like an acronym when you when you take the letters and then it's like an easy thing to remember. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like ACES, and then ACES stands for fall into die pothole. Okay, that's See, pretty right, good. I think I don't think you nailed that one. Pretty close though. You know, well, that's pretty close. Was, I, I thought it was all right. I give it a yeah. C plus. Yeah, mm. that's a little work. Yeah, I mean, we might need to refine it a little bit, but um, if you see a pothole and it's big enough that you're going to die, fall into, or puncture, then you go aces, and then you point at it, <laughs> and then you get out of the way. <laughs> you say aces. Okay. I, see, I, the, problem, the problem we always had on group rides is, like, I would be pointing at things in the woods and on the side of the road. That's and another thing, Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> see, I just want to talk be like, about Look at that cardinal up in the tree. And he pointed yeah. at it, and everybody swerved out of the way of, like, mystery thing that they thought was in the road. Hey, I may not have so, won a lot of town line sprints on the team, but I guarantee you I saw the most hawks of anyone on the team. <laughs> it's, it's true. So, and pointed them out. <clears throat> I think I think that's a good rule, Spencer. That there's too much pointing going on. Um, I but think pointing, the big challenge. But pointing is important, you know. And that's, it is, but I'm not a fan of the snap. Much. I'm the I'm the fan of the like the the point and snap. Like you point down and point then you just and do the snap. That's, yeah, like you just. That's stupid. I've never heard of that. What? I don't know. Do you think people can hear you yeah. snapping when no, there's like can't. 15 oh, yeah, free dude. wheels? All you probably buzzing. got full yeah. finger gloves on too. You, nobody can hear this. Well, uh, no, I'm You're, down. Down here in Florida, where the the fingers are exposed, uh-huh. and question: I got mittens. On, what are you so supposed to do when there's a pothole on both sides of you, but, but there's a narrow isthmus between, like almost like you're you're the Dory the was it Dorian right. Gap, and you're well, like you're kind of going you through. Yell, it. You, you got to yell bunny hop or something. Just go bunny hop, so you don't go no, like double well, this. If you're at the front of the ride, you should have steered the group out a little further around it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you should be. You're the shepherd. If you're at the front, the hand wave on your back. Yeah, all right. A little wave around. So there's lead your flock. There's three. There's three moves, right? There's the point at a hole. There's the uh, kind of flat waving hand for like, oh, there's sand or glass or something like all over the road. Watch, watch the surface. And then there's the uh, you know the wave like oh we're passing a slower cyclist or, or a jogger or walkers or whatever like move out move around or park car or something those are those are the three acceptable ones and that's all that should be happening. I don't know. I think you're missing an important one there, Spencer. What's that? Aces. Hmm. So that's gonna bring me to uh, another gripe about group rides. And let's just get this out of the way because it's early season. Let's correct all these bad habits early. Um, and Tim, I, I don't know that you've ever had this error because, you know, you don't do a lot of training. Um, but we, I know me and little guy have gone on some training rides where it was a, a pace line ride. You guys have that down there in Florida? Dude, all the time. Yeah? Um, yeah. So something that I notice happens sometimes, and I'm not, you know, this has happened everywhere I've been and gone on group rides is, um, you know, you meet up at the coffee shop, you have a couple of espressos, everybody gathers up, you ride out, you're about 20 miles into the ride or something, and all of a sudden somebody's like, hey, let's pace line. And everybody starts screwing around, and nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Like, and it's just a mass confusion for about five minutes until everybody's like, ah, whatever, we're not pace lining. You ever experienced that? No, they're yeah. all perfect. Every time I've ever been oh, on a really? ride... Perfect the pace lines just naturally coalesce around uh, me 
or the other protected team leader on the, uh, the ride. <laughs> and uh, they listen. They're like, hey, what should we do now, coach? And I'm like, hey, hey let's do a pace line like 24 miles an hour, pull through. The key to the pace line that most people forget is that um, you don't you – like, like you pull through, but you don't pull through like three miles an hour faster than the other guy. You just pull through like a little bit faster. And then as soon as your front wheel – or your, your sorry, your rear wheels, even with their like front wheel, you start moving over a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, you know, kind of keep the whole thing going. And you think after about like seven or eight rotations that people would figure this out because they'd be looking around them rather than looking at the cardinals and the the the, the houses on the side of the road. But still, it takes some time. That's why you just need to have a um, you know, a team leader well, to really direct everything. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's about being smooth, right? Like. Yeah, and you're right. You start moving over before you're actually past the rider. Yeah. But it's about moving over slowly because if you moved over too fast, there would be trouble. Um, but yeah, not pulling through. I would even say pulling through yeah. is a bad term because it There's makes other... people think they need to pull. They just need to keep riding. It's fine. So we're talking about two things on the ride, and I think most people can kind of get through on the ride, right? Like that well, comes with time. Well, we need to talk about actual like group ride etiquette that really matters. Well, and this was part of my point about pace lines. Uh, I can put it out there real quick. Is that if you're going to do that, if you want to do that on your ride, say so before you guys leave the coffee shop. Just say, hey, about 20 miles in or so, we're going to do a pace line. Do you know what that means? Do you want to participate? If you don't, sit at the back. Don't rotate through. Let everybody else in. Rotate through. Pull off into the wind. You know, slow. You know, the fast lines on this side, the slow ones on that side. Just, just put the put the message out there. Don't like, it never works to try and do that on the road. Anyway, continue on, Tim. What, yeah. what else yeah. did you have? No, no, I was just saying, like, like that. That gets to to my point. The most important thing of the group ride mm-hmm. is showing up reasonably on time. Like, well. no group ride starts at eight o'clock, right? Like, like if you, if you say, "Hey, group ride starts at eight o'clock," mm-hmm. the ride rolls out at eight ten. Well, eight thirty. Yeah. No, not eight thirty. It's not thirty minutes. That's too much. You get Wait, ten minute. The the rule is now set, guys. Precedent. Does Sarah need the car. Sarah does not need the car right now. But the I... truth is that if the ride is published, that hey, we're meeting at eight thirty for the rollout. That ride leaves at eight forty. Don't be late. See, mm. I I agree, but I my my window is fifteen minutes. Ah, uh, fifteen minutes kind of pushing it because like. 15 minutes, you're leaving a lo- lots of room for, like, people that are, like, uh, then they're not leaving their house until, like, the published start time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It slowly starts getting pushed back. 10 yeah. minutes. If, 15 like, minutes, you're leaving enough time for Spencer to get there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to show up 10 minutes after, and that's when you're saying you're going to leave. But I still need to get an espresso and drink it. Yeah, I mean, so when we used to start rides... We're pretty close to Spencer's old house. He's probably always the last one there. And then he would order a coffee. <laughs> and we'd all be like, dude, you're already late. And he'd be like, oh, okay, he's got to get a quick coffee. I, got, I, think, yeah. I think 10 minutes published. All right. Well, whatever it is, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that, that needs to be generally understood dude, by, by your team. 15 minutes is way too long. Well, that's debatable. But. I mean, you just debate <laughs> It obviously is yes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say half hour, uh, give or take, <laughs> before or after. 
it's sort of a choose your own adventure thing. Fuck, fuck it, screw the group. So you just go ride by yourself, ride. though. So this, yeah. See, so that's what the other I, thing is, like, now you guys do. are dealing with the slush, right? Like all the wet roads. Yeah, yeah. Are fenders mandatory on your group rides? I so I think I was thinking about this this weekend because I was riding with full fenders and I was thinking about all the times we went on rides and I had full fenders and none of you assholes had full fenders mm, and how much it ticked me off. I just had the clip get on. some fenders. Yeah, yeah, you guys got nothing to say to that. You got nothing to yeah, say, do you? Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Although I will tell you, um, New England is you know it's got winter and it's you know it's got its periods of wet, but the people here are absolutely crazy about their fenders. Like, they're Portland-style crazy about their fenders. Because they make sense. It's a little bit unnecessary. Like, fenders are good, yes. Front fender, rear fender, get the race blades, get whatever you need. Do they keep you dry, little little guy, that much? Yeah, because they're fenders. And more importantly, they keep everyone with you dry. Here's the thing. You need full fenders. None of those those terrible clip-on C-post thingies. Like, real fenders. The number of group rides we've been on in the spring where I have been courteous with my fender etiquette and i've had somebody show up on their like summer road bike on a march ride and it's all wet out what the hell's up with that why do you want why do you want that streak down your butt and why do you want to spray that crap in my face (laughs) (laughs) i don't know frank viola didn't do that that's no sweet music did not do that so i'm saying he'd never well do you guys have anything else that we need to cover I don't know. What else were we going to talk about? We probably had something else we were going to talk about. Well, you know, know. Uh, guys, yeah. something very... Select Cycles is open. Yeah, nobody cares about that. Um, yeah. if something big did happen, though, this, this past weekend. Uh, we, we, lost, we lost someone near and dear to, to all of our hearts um, to retirement, not to, oh, not the, to death. The... Oh, see, I thought you were going to talk about the, the BBC guy that passed away. No. Nope. The Eurosport commentator. Nope. Which I don't remember his name. I don't know if I've ever heard him. Much much less heartfelt than that. Um, oh, but it, okay. So not a real thing. Okay. Well, Sven Nice retired. Yeah. That's and true. It, it, Didn't we already talk about this? Or was that on the aborted episode we did for like five minutes before this? Well, he retired officially, and he crossed the line arm in arm with Sven too, and that was just amazing. That was nice. That was really nice. Is that his kid's so, okay. name, Sven too? No, no, that's his, his teammate. It's Sven Van Tornout. So the did you notice that the guy who crossed right behind them was like one of the other Van Tornouts? And he was like very emotional too, and he was hugging Sven Van Tornout. So who Van won the Tornout? race? Oh. Do you think he was Sven Van Tornout's like cousin or some shit? Do you think or like that nephew? because Sven 1 is retiring that Sven 2 has to retire as well? He is retiring. Oh, well, there you go. Sven is... Is, is is retiring and so is Sven von Torno. But did They're Sven Nice win the race? No. Uh your drive side dispatch, K Powell won. But why would why would K Powell do that? Why you think Sven Nice would win by like just, you know, cause I'm, it's... Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say that I think uh K Powell has no respect for his elders. <laughs> that's 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 what I feel. I feel like he was very disrespectful. I think what did Sven Spencer, do you remember what he get? Like he got like thirty fifth or something, right? He oh, he did. Back. Just yeah. doing victory laps around. Yeah, he was having a good time. Yeah. So thirty four people don't respect their elders. Um. Yeah, it was nice though. It was it was a good thing. It was it was it was emotional. His kid his kid was there. He looked really sad. 
don't know. Great. It was great. Great career. It'll be sad. He'll be much more missed than when Bart Wellens ran away hiding from a possible doping suspension last year. You know, I just don't know how much I really care about um, cyclocross this late in February. Yeah. After World Championships, cross season's done. No one can. I'll give you one week after. So you can do like the... (laughs) The championship criterium cross races, but you know, I agree, that, it starts to kind of lose its thing. But with Sven retiring, I don't think is there any more races? There might be that indoor race, there's always that wacky like motocross indoor race, uh, that happens like in the Metrodome every year, <laughs> just like the 1987 World Series. Oh. Just okay, and with so we that. brought it full circle. Um, so <laughs> this has that, been the 1987 like World you. Series cast. Uh, we'd like to thank Steve Lombardoza. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like I'd like to thank Tim Laudner. Naples, Florida. I'd like to thank Gary Gaetti. Future, future 1991 American League Rookie of the Year Chuck Knobloch, who For being was drafted in '87, 17 or something at the time. Maybe he was drafted in '87. I don't even think like. he he was like in '91. He was like 21. He couldn't have been drafted in '87. He was he probably wasn't even you know he's probably still in high school in '87. Do you guys, did either of you have the 91, so I had the like 91 compilation video, like the VHS, that oh, has I had like that. highlights of every game. Okay, so you had that. Do you remember in that there's a part where they're like sitting in the bleachers with Chuck Knobloch's like sister or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, Chuck, go Chuck, or something. <laughs> That's my favorite moment of that. That's whole. some good stuff. It's so good. God, that video is great. If my VHS <laughs> player didn't eat tapes, I would go and watch that right after we finish this podcast. And uh, with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, Minnesota Twins cast. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes and Stitcher. We haven't gotten any new reviews this week. Um, but we hope that uh, maybe Kirby Puckett or Dave Winfield uh, gives one for us. Um, major props to BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And always, always make sure that you wave at your fellow cycling nerds that you see out there, even if they're wearing spandex, even if they're wearing jeans. They're riding bikes. Give them a quick little wave. Don't overpoint out the potholes. Mm. Show up within 10 minutes of the ride time. And always throw your water bottles when you're on Swift. And always throw your water bottles at anyone that looks at you wrongly. No, Swift. Not in real life. That's dangerous. Yeah, that's dangerous. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.